Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Find and Follow podcast, where we are all about helping you find and follow Jesus in your everyday life. Craig and Scott here, your regular co-hosts with the uh, original founding co-host, Ben Sharkey's on Absolutely. the podcast. Welcome. Good to see you guys. Good to be. Uh, you're you're lo- you're not a guest today. You're just a co-host. Okay. All right. Yeah. I've moved on. So moved up. Well, you, well you've always not, been up. Yeah, you moved. You never back, went down. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You've right? just been not down. I didn't move down. I moved back. You sure. moved out. And you're you're, you're here in. to contribute. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm excited. If yeah, we yeah. were a, a 1990s basketball team, <laughs> you would yes. be. Basketball the, reference. The Horace Grant of the Bulls. <laughs> we got MJ and Pippen here. Oh, gosh. And who's MJ? You, who's Pippen? Luke Longley. Luke Longley. Or. Dude, yeah, uh, uh, what was the Russian guy? Ku coach. I'll be yeah. Ku coach. Tony Li- Ku Maybe coach. Lithuanian? Was he Lithuanian? Yeah, yeah. You could be Tony. You don't have quite have the hair for it. But I'm Steve Kerr. You could do Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr okay. He's still relevant. That guy. Okay. You know, that's one of the things. So you're saying you're still relevant? Mm hmm. Because you're, you're smart, like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, he was, you know, had this option to go coach, and he was with Phil. He's like, I don't know if I could leave Phil Jackson. Then he thought, you know how you be successful in life? This is a tip for everybody. You know how you be successful in life? Pick the right opportunities. There you go. He goes, well, do you think I could be a good coach if I went and coached Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green? Um. Yeah, they would make me look like a great coach. The greatest coach ever. We yeah. could win like five titles. Honestly, I think we could have been good coaches in that. Oh, and then Kevin Durant comes. Oh yeah. man, he looks like an amazing coach. Absolutely. So you you did good. You're like I could be on podcast today. Which one should I be on? Absolutely. You picked the right one. He picked podcast a podcast that make you look good. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm we're, we're excited you're here. We're going to talk all about serving today. It's where we're at in the journey of Jesus and his teachings, Matthew 20. We're going to talk about serving, what that's like. Um, but just excited because I looked at the weather forecast and those future predictors said we might actually have like warm spring weather coming soon. So I don't know. I don't know where you're at on that. Those but. are the same people that say every year it's going to be the worst winter we have ever had in our entire lives. Every year. I, I know. It's going to be a bad winter. Like, they toy with my emotions. But anyways, like 70s, 80 degrees was the forecast. Anyways, I'm excited. That's ah, going to be great. Been, uh, you're, you're an official I'm, golfer now, so it's like yeah, your, your, your joy depends on the weather. Well, and I'm doing this training outdoors thing right now, so it's nice to – Ride your bicycle if it's not 49 degrees and 20-mile-an-hour winds. And hailing. Yeah. That was Tuesday night's ride. So, <laughs> you know, dodging clouds. Love a little more weather. Um, but uh, anyways. So, Sharky, what, uh, anything new with you going on? Northbridge Church, if you're not aware, Ben Sharkey uh, and Angie launched almost three years ago. Almost. September I mean, will be three. Three officially. You guys were planning But you were working that. on it now. We were. At- Three years ago this time, meeting with your core group as it was growing, you're putting pieces of the whole thing together. Yeah, yeah. come on. say how long, as I always say three. Yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. You guys, it's been in your heart for um, forever. Yep. Long time. Yeah. It's one of those things. Do you think about that? Do you think, like, yeah, we've had this dream. How long would you say you've had this dream to be lead pastors at a church? Probably about 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have those moments where you slow down and go, this is the dream. <laughs> I, I, and I, that's how we say it. More, it's more like, this is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean, when it's, it's, when it's well, kind of feels like a nightmare. <laughs> it's so much work. I had no idea. Like, 
you get your dream and it's like it's so much harder than you thought it would be. like you get your dream house you're like i have to like take care of this or you get your dream car <laughs> exactly. like i have to pay for tires like you know uh -huh. so there's the other side of it but I thought that was telltale last night. Um, ben and I were together at the Northbridge Advisory Council meeting. Which Craig has been helping out for yes. officially the whole time you have been, coaching Absolutely. Ben, helping out as you can. Yeah, we've been but since you in retired. this conversation for four or five years. It really started 10 years ago when we first interviewed you. You said, someday I want to. Yeah. And I said, that'd be great. Yep. But yeah, actively the last three, four, five years. Um, but as the meeting got done, one of the guys... Uh, observing your, what you just said, you know, observing your response to the fact that it's a lot of work and sometimes it's overwhelming. He goes, I thought it was really classic. He goes, so you wanted to have your own church? Yeah, he did. That's right. <laughs> we all laughed because <laughs> the reality is, you know, it, it is work, but it is a dream and it's a fulfillment and it, it, it all goes together. It's part of the deal. Yeah. So you asked what's new. Yeah. Just, we don't want to take the whole podcast, but um, we have been excited about building and so we just keep kind of hitting wall after wall after wall and so we finally got a green light and so we're not there yet but we're we're getting closer we're so it was we we had a big success this this week and so um we hope to be breaking ground soon be nice. yeah because you guys uh received a building but it's a little small you've mm -hmm. remodeled it you're maxing out space you're pushing you literally pushed walls down you we did you weren't trying to make a joke you're like no. we're talking about building we're like wall after wall i'm like you knocked down that's a few true. walls already that's true that is and true. you're looking so you're, you're pushing it um which is just one of those practical things uh for the church, like the kingdom of God. Like there's sometimes some space limitations. Even if you're in someone's house and your small group's growing, you're like, uh, can we, we put the kids? Where do we where put do we, kids? Where yeah, do we, yeah. what do we do here? And so you guys are helping people find and follow Jesus. Uh, you started at the pandemic, Dude. right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard, talk about starting hard Which with is hard. Where this podcast was birthed out of. So Let's a lot go. of good. You're in a crappy situation. A lot of good can come out of a crappy situation. Come on. I was at a doctor's appointment, and they set it up virtually. I didn't have to go downtown. I didn't have to. I'm like, there's some good that came out of COVID, <laughs> right? Like, I didn't do that before. So anyway, little, sorry. A little yeah. telehealth. I, yeah. I thought you were, you were starting to look at the camera for everybody listening. I yeah. thought you were going to go preacher mode and just give people, uh, hey, if, you, if you're going through yeah. something, consider it pure joy. Rejoice when you're going yeah, through tough that's times. that's true. Like, crappy situations do produce, you know, good things. They, they, it, they, the Bible still says all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I was at lunch with a guy yesterday, and he is just struggling. He's like, he, he's just clean and sober, doesn't know Jesus yet, but he's been 10 months clean and sober. And he's just like, now that I'm clean and sober, like everything is going wrong in my life. Um, I got kicked out of my house and this and this. he's got like eight things wrong. And he's like, I just, I'm done. I'm, I don't like what's the use? I want to go get loaded. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'm like, dude, I get where you're at. Like, yeah, it sucks. I said, but you're at a wall and you got to push through. And if you don't push through, yeah, you're going to start back at the beginning. But in 10 months from now, if, or after you get loaded for a year, then you decide to get clean and sober again, because it's going to kill you 10 months down the road, you're going to hit another wall. And if you don't push through walls, the outside, the other side of that wall is so much healthier and so much happy. So you got to go through hard times. They suck, but you don't learn anything in the good times. Mm, disagree okay. on that. Sorry, but yes. I, I agree with you. Uh, you don't learn as much. You, you know, could you learn different things. I think we learn different things, and 
you know, that's that's part of why, like, for this guy, like, hey, follow Jesus. It's not going to instantly cure all that, but God gives us, us the desire and the power to do the things that please him. His His way is easy. His way of life is not some burdensome. There is joy in the midst of hard times. There's joy in the midst of suffering. There's 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 hope in the midst of uh, of life because you're like there's a future glory. It helps us rise above, like lift our eyes to heaven, set our hearts and our minds, and think about the realities of heaven. It 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 in light of all of eternity, in light of salvation, like I can get through a Thursday. You know, that's yeah. that's following yeah. Jesus. His way is easier. It's not. Um, convenient sometimes in the in the 30 second window of life it feels harder at times um but i just identify with jesus when it when he's like life is easier his way is full of peace and joy gentleness there's kindness there's power there's no more penalty for sin there's life after death like there's so much more um that's one thing i've been having these conversations in a lot of different arenas and a lot of different fronts um, but I think one of the things that's happening in our culture is more and more the identity and the association for life is around the struggle and the strife and the like, ugh, and you have to talk like this, like, ugh. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a lot of different fronts, media, news headlines. It's just horrible. Life's hard and you're not going to get through. And then we want the instant, like you're saying, we want the instant, quick, get out of it. Yeah. What's the pill I take to lose the weight? What's the thing I do to make me instantly famous? Like, I'm going to have a video and it goes viral and then I'll be famous and my life will be solved. What's the quick get rich quick scheme? How do I get instantly wealthy without having to work? How do I get free of the clean and sober? Like, I just want to go back. Like, give me the instant thing. Ugh. So, I don't know. That was my preaching rant. Good man. All right. Amen. But we need to identify with the hope and the joy and the provision we have in Jesus. So yeah. let's talk about serving. <laughs> let's do it. Was that a segue or not? That was such a segue. <laughs> yeah. Well, we left off in uh, in our conversation, you know, uh, Jesus um, had told this parable that you're familiar with, the people going out for work. And he hires people at the beginning of the day, you know, every couple hours, right? And then he gives them all the same wage, which they agree to. And then people pitch in a fit. But he's like, here's the reward of life if you follow him. It's eternal life, regardless of when you say yes to following Jesus. But sometimes it creeps into our hearts that, wait, I've been following Jesus longer. Mm. I started a church in the middle of a pandemic and, like, you know, doing some hard work. Doesn't God owe me more than the other guy who just lived however he wanted yeah. and at the end of his life goes, okay, I believe in Je- Jesus fully. Uh, thief on the cross theology. You're like, what? That guy gets to go to paradise too? Yeah. Why does he get to go to paradise? He didn't earn it. It's like, yeah, nobody can earn it. Nobody deserves it. It's grace. It's undeserved privilege. Exactly. And, and, and everybody is on the receiving end of that generous grace, generous mercy. However, we also, last podcast made the point that the flip side of the coin is if you faithfully serve the Lord, there is a reward for that. There is a blessing that comes from that. God's not going to overlook that or minimize that. In fact, he would be unjust in doing so. So um, we all get the same salvation, but there are rewards. And we don't know really what that's going to be like, what that looks like in eternity, but there are rewards mm-hmm. that are promised 
for those that faithfully serve. And there's a better life here on earth following Jesus. And there's Jesus. that too. Yeah. Yeah, much more uh, a sense of purpose, much more um, eternally significant life and, and trajectory that you're on. You're making a difference, making the world a better place. Yeah. And so it leads to this conversation as well when um, James and John and the mother, <laughs> their mom... So I, I think a, this is this such is funny. A funny story. This yeah, it really is because I think it's in Mark <laughs> that it says James and John, and here it's the mother. So I think all three of them are coming together. Yeah, I don't know who started that. Yeah. If it's mom's idea, but like a good mom, they just wants the best for their kids, Absolute, right? Right. Yeah. Or like a good dad. I, I have to think it was the mom's idea because if the if the boys were thinking this, I don't think two boys would say, "Hey, let's go get mom and put her up to this." I don't think so. I think the mom initiated it, and she's, "Hey, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ask him." For you, yeah, we don't know for sure, but I suspect the mom was the instigator. Unless, unless it's the mom that does the laundry, and and picks up the room and packs the lunch mm-hmm. for the, for the forty five year old. Oh no! Now we're into <laughs> enablement, mom. Oh no! Uh, I, I don't on. think right. so. Let's, let's just dive into that's, what we that's think a, could be the possibility. That's a problem. Sorry, that's a problem on. in our culture. Got to let some some kids grow up. There, parents. Mm. Let some mamas. Mamas with with boys is tougher. Like as boys get older, particularly, like to let them fail a little bit, let them become a man, uh, let them struggle and and have some dignity because there's only a, a certain amount of dignity that can come from when things are handed to you, and it's very little. Like dignity in life comes from working and earning and feeling like you can stand up on your own two feet. Yep. If your mama's doing your laundry and you're 45 and paying your rent, you don't have dignity. You're like, I can't even take care of myself. Yeah. So, but she, they're asking this question, I think, in part, They've been working hard for Jesus from day one. They're yeah. like, I've been, we have suffered. We have committed. We have sacrificed. Um, we're getting to the end. Maybe they're picking up like he is legit leaving at some point here soon. And, and so, hey, can, can we get an extra? Let me ask you a favor. Can I get a little extra? Because we've been here since the get-go that uh, she said, uh, verse 21 here, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Like, hey, on the side here, before anybody else hears, when you're in charge, hey, when you take over, (laughs) can you, we want to be at the one and two spots here. Can we be the right royal, you know, signifying like authority and like there's another spot, like get us in here. And then Jesus' response, I love this. He goes, you you don't even know the question you're asking. Yeah. Why does he say that, Craig? Uh, because um, they have no context, uh, the larger context of what Jesus is going to go through to be able to sit on the throne he sits on, and that's all in front of him, the suffering, Gethsemane, the crucifixion, that whole thing with the, the, the sin of the world, the entire human race being put on him. Um, that's what it's going to take for him to be given a name above every other name, a name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Um, and, and for him to sit at the Father's right hand, he's like, hey, you want to you wanna go down that path with me? In fact, he says that. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Mm. It's like, you guys have no clue what would be in front of you if, in fact, those two seats were granted to you. You'd yeah. have to go through some stuff to, to, to get there. It's kind of like a kid asking or telling a parent. And maybe not even their parent, but like, you know, a 10-year-old kid. You just get to do whatever you want. It's such a great life. You're married. <laughs> you have somebody. Because I remember as a kid, I, I didn't like to be alone. And so I'm always like, my parents get to always be together. They get to do whatever they want. Life is so easy for them. 
Like <laughs> you have just no do idea. You want. And then my, you know, my dad be like, "You have no idea. You have no idea what." <laughs> That's it took a great to example. Here. And what I have to deal with every day, or whatever, right? Do your kids do that to you yet? Yeah, I mean, to an extent. I yeah. mean, not those exact words, it, but it, it's like. I, I, I want to be married. Ben and Angie have two kids, Lexi and Bodie. Ten and six. Yeah. So they're getting to that age, Lexi particularly, where I get it. Dad, oh, I hate school. I don't want to go to school. I wish I could just go to play. Yeah, I wish I could just go to work. You go to work and we'll trade. I was like, but I, I will trade. Great. I'm in ministry I'll go- and I'm full-time, so it's not even work. I don't even work. Like, <laughs> I just, I mean, I just preach once a week, maybe. Sometimes I don't even have to do that. I mean, I do it. So anyways, yes. I wish I could just go play. Do you want to go back to sixth grade? I'm like, sixth grade's easy. Sure. I'll <laughs> go to sixth grade. And then I literally will sometimes say, here's what you got to do today, X, Y, and Z. They're like, okay. I was like, no, no. You, you don't know what you're saying okay yeah, you know, to. You know, yeah. You have no so, idea. We were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast. You know, you want to have your own church someday. And that was a dream and a vision, and, and it's being fulfilled right now. But when you first have that dream and you first have that vision, it's just like uh, – you know, it's it's something out there that's really appealing. It's attractive. You see it. It's the greener grass or whatever. A lot. I've had a lot of people over the years say, oh, I'd love to be in ministry. It'd be so great. Yeah, you have no idea what it's like to be in ministry. The spiritual warfare, the stuff you have to do behind the scenes, the burdens you carry, the, you know, the, the challenges pra- of your leadership, all the stuff. On a practical level for everybody, no matter what it is. I wish I had this amount of money. I wish I had this job. I wish I had this position. I wish I had that relationship. We have no idea what that's like on the other side. I've been in church world my whole life. I've looked at every pastor that I've worked for, my dad, knowing the inner details. And I probably knew more than anybody else. You lived with a pastor your whole life growing up. And then I worked closely with one pastor, and then I worked closely with you. I'm like, I know what they go through. Like, I get it. So when I step into the role, I'm going to understand it. And even that, I didn't have a clue. (laughs) And it's like... I've been around my married parents for 40 years. I get what marriage is going to be. I've seen the ugly. I understand it. But until you're in that place, mm. it's a completely different story. And it's the same thing with, oh, if I could just make $100,000, if I could just make $200,000, if I just had that, that life, if I just had that, like, okay, once you get it, you have no idea until you're there. Yep. I've had a number of the pastors on my staff over the years uh, go on to be lead pastors themselves. And without an exception, and you're one of them, without, and Kyle, who's the lead pastor here now at Mission Church, everyone has said the same thing. Hey, it's one thing to be on the staff, and you see the lead pastor, and you think you get what it is to be that person and sit in that seat and have that responsibility. But until you actually are that person and have that responsibility, you don't know, even though you work closely. To your point, just just You don't know because you haven't experienced it. Right. That's what Jesus is saying. One, can you handle the experience, uh, which is... One question. Two is they they can't be the perfect sacrifice. Like they can't accomplish the mission. Uh, Kyle is not on the podcast today because he's actually in Texas preaching and working with Ryan Coffey, who was His, on staff for eight years ish, probably. Yeah, yep, seven, seven years. And then is the lead pastor down in San Antonio, has been mm-hmm. there for doing a fabulous job. And he's another example years. of that. He's been gone for 20 years, maybe, long time. But when you and I were in Colombia, I was talking with Ryan. I, I'll remember it. You know, for years to come, um, we were on the tarmac getting onto a plane as a group, mm-hmm. and you were there. And I remember him telling me, he says, yeah, he says, I thought I knew what it was like to be a lead pastor, but he said, until I was that guy, I had no idea what you go through. And I said, yeah, isn't that weird how that is? And I yeah. mean, it, that was a big admission on his part, because 
he was pretty new in the experience at that point. Yeah, and um, Kyle's down there preaching the Sunday. They're uh, raising some funds for their. They do a lot of work in Colombia. They help partner with us as well because they were on that trip to to build the church and sponsor kids through compassion and they do a lot of work down there so he's exploring that uh and oh yeah there's a golf tournament he's playing in as well so <laughs> it's, it's probably like 80 degrees and nice in san antonio but back to the the text here back to the scriptures as uh we're trying to look i'll take this aside as as a helpful tool maybe for those listening in when we go to the scriptures first step in understanding uh, how this applies to our life is to understand what is actually being said. Mm. So we took 17,000 different tangents there, and sometimes we can kind of get fooled, like, oh, that's what the scriptures say. No, we just took that thought or that idea, sure. and we went somewhere else with it. So f- it's healthy in a, in, a, in a biblical approach. It's really healthy to go, what is the, the text actually saying? Like, what's Paul actually saying in Galatians 3? What's he, what's he actually within the context? That'll help you, too, with some of the troubling verses where, you know, it talks about, like, wait, women shouldn't teach? Women should be quiet? How does this work? Like, that's a rule then for everybody, for all places? No, don't, don't, you already applied it to 2023. Like, what's it, what's it saying in the context? So, Historical context. Yeah. People that are intercounted. And what's Paul or what's Jesus trying to teach through this? So Jesus is saying, can't, A, you can't sit in the seat, Ephesians 1, 20. God raised... Christ from the dead, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So he goes, well, that's my seat. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't even know what you're asking. And isn't it like God, too, to as we ask for things, to go, oh, that's a, that's a no, because you don't know what you're asking for. You yeah. think that's going to be great? You don't want that, yeah. That's not healthy for you. That's not right for you. That's not going to be good for you. That's the, that's the mercy and grace of God to sometimes get what we think we want, and we don't get it. Or if you get it, it's going to destroy this part of your life that you hold dear. or Exactly. Or, you know. Yeah. yeah yep. So you can't handle it at the expense of your family, at the expense of your health, at the expense of... Your ministry or actually whatever know what, you got uh, going on. I'm thinking of a guy that I had a pretty close relationship with for quite a while. Um, he had made millions. He was particularly successful in business and some investments and different things. And, um, and he, he had uh, quite a little track record that way, enough that he had people coming to him wanting to get help from him, get a donation from him, get a business opportunity from him. And I remember him telling me, I was, I was uh, down in Yakima with him uh, one time, and we were talking, he says, you just, he says, I, I had no idea, he said, but with great wealth comes great pressure. And sadly, he actually committed suicide a few years later and uh, is gone now. But um, yeah, you think you want that. You think that that would be fabulous, but you don't really necessarily understand at all the price you might have to pay. But fortunately, to your point, Scott, God knows. Mm-hmm. And in his mercy and grace, he doesn't give us some of the things. I think in eternity, we, we may look back and, and be thanking God that he did not give us some of the things mm-hmm. that we asked for because we'll see from that perspective what a dumb request it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, in verse 22, they reply to Jesus because he asked, can you drink the cup? Can you... Can you I'm going to drink. Can you go through this thing? And they go, we can. <laughs> Give it to us, God. We can do this. This is what we're asking for. We've been praying for it. We're asking you. Give us this favor. We can do and it. And I laugh because it's so absurd because we know now, 2,000 years later, but I've been that guy in, in different contexts. Oh, I have like, too. Can you, can you sit in the, Craig, maybe, or my dad even, like, can you, can you do what I'm doing? Absolutely I can. <laughs> I know what it takes. Like, and I can do it better. 
It, it, I may this, have not said that, but I may have thought that. And, and by know. the way, this is not just James and John. That's, Th- what, I, this is, that's what I thought and probably said. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If I could run this restaurant oh, wherever man. I'm eating, I would right. not ever. And Why then, are they doing it this way? Yeah. Give me a shot. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Armchair quarterbacks, the, right? The arrogance of us. But it, exactly. That's what I was going to say. This is not just James and John that are this way. Peter is the same, cut out of the same cloth. <laughs> yeah, he, is. he says, oh, if everybody else denies you and walks away, I'll never do that. And then Jesus says, well, before the rooster crows and predicts his denial of Jesus. I, I think these guys were a product of their culture. They were um, you know, self-made men. They were confident. They were arrogant. They didn't quite get it. Um, and that, that, there were some qualities there that weren't all bad. And Jesus is going to tap those qualities, and they become great leaders and, and influencers in the world for the kingdom. But uh, in these instances, that those qualities lead them to a place of arrogance and presumption. Mm-hmm. And they're really in a culture, too, where royalty is through birth. And here these are average guys seeming like they got an opportunity to advance in social status yeah. that is, is unheard of. Yeah, good so, point. so the mother, we're presuming a lot here, but as a parent... When you see an opportunity for your kid that you think this is once in a lifetime, go for it. We got to we got to make this happen. I'm going to push. You guys can do it. Sign up for the thing. Go for it. You know, it's like if if nobody in your life has ever gone to a college and here you go, you got a academic full ride to an Ivy League. You're like you you better go because this is this is an opportunity once in a lifetime. It'll change the family tree. Yeah. So here's a kingdom with a yep. new king, and they're not quite sure what that means yet. Right. But they're like, uh, we'll go some royalty, and that'll change everything. So as everything. the story continues, Jesus says, well, you know what? You're right. You are going to drink from the bitter cup. You're, you, you're <laughs> going to go through some stuff. But he doesn't take time to really explore that. He doesn't explain that to him. And by the way, he doesn't call them on their um, presumptuousness or their arrogance. Oh, yeah, we can do that. He, he doesn't address that. He lets that go by. He says, however, and I think that's very interesting, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. Mm. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. So there are places of prominence in the kingdom, apparently, but Jesus even himself is saying, that's not up to me. That's up to my father, Mm -hmm. which is indicative of Jesus's entire earthly ministry. Everything is like, he says, I don't do anything that I don't see the father doing. I don't say anything that I don't Hear the Father saying, I didn't come to do my will, but the Father's. I mean, Jesus is modeling for us this, this extreme level of dependence and loyalty to the Father's will in everything he says and does, including this particular instance. And, and that's counterintuitive because, like, hey, if you're the king of the kingdom, don't you get to say? Yeah. Well, no, my Father does. And that's hard for us to understand. And his, when you said dependence... That rang true. Like his his dependence on his relationship with God. If Jesus, who is God, needed that, how much more do we need that? You know, there's a whole lot you can take from any of this. Well, yeah. So then it goes on and says, then the. Well, can I take a quick aside there? Sure. Matthew 19, 28, um, when Peter's kind of asking that same, like, hey, we've, we've left everything, we've sacrificed, we've served, don't we get more? And he says, um, but the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And we don't have time to get into that today. We're not even sure what that means. Bingo, because I don't know what. <laughs> but there is a, 
a more distinct spot for those 12. Um, so the so the answer is, yeah, you're going to go through some suffering. It's not up, Jesus is saying it's up to the Father, but there is some uniqueness there. But um, here, here's here's these two having this conversation. Now, the other the other 10 heard about this, and they, they like all of us, were like, what? They are, <laughs> they are bent out of shape. What yeah, just they happened? Yeah. They, they went and asked for a special favor? Oh, are you kidding me? And why are they bent out of shape? Because they wish they had asked the question first. Right. It's like, Possibly. oh, you beat us to the punch. Or you think you're better than us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are probably all kinds of emotional reactions that the other 10 yeah. are going through. And I said we were going to talk about serving. I feel like we haven't got there yet. But this is kind of all, all of the, the lead up, and, and we'll, we'll wind down the podcast here on the serving note. But is the lead up is, what's life all about? Is it about me and what I can get out of it? Or is it about others and what I can give to it? Mm. And so here's Jesus. And I love this leadership moment that he has. And I think this is helpful for all of us when there's some conflict on your team, when there's some disagreement, when there's people over here having a side conversation, other people hear about it and they become indignant, which is, I don't know, everyday life. Happens all over Sounds the place. Sounds like it to me. Happens in, in my household. Happens in, you know, small groups and in church settings and your workplace and business and, you know, your, your school and wherever you're at. Um, he called them all together. And there's such power to get together and see people eyeball to eyeball mm. that we are losing that more and more in our culture, that we love to look at a four-inch screen and say we're together. And we love to have a four-inch screen in our face and have conflict and express ourselves and say we're together on this or we're, you know, communicating. It's a whole different, we all know this, it's so a whole different thing to be eyeball to eyeball with everybody who's in on a disagreement. So let me see if I understand you correctly. So you're saying the better way to resolve conflict is for people to be together in person and not on social media or through a text thread? Come on. I'm just saying this is what Jesus did, (laughs) and I think it's really good. I do too. So he called them all together, and then he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. So he's just from the get-go correcting. He goes, "Here's here's your life experience. Yep. You try to gain position through power, or power through position, you try to maneuver your way, get a special favor, ask, and then once you get there, you leverage your power for your own benefit. He goes, "Not, not you. You're in my kingdom. Not, not so for us. This is not our. This is not how we do it." Yeah, that's good. And and it's not going to be just a little different. It's going to be 180 degrees different. Yeah. What does he say Flip about that? Flip the script completely. He says, "Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant." And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Mm. For even the Son of Man himself, Jesus is saying, even I came not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus models that for us. He had every right to say, I'm the king of the mountain. I'm the ruler of the kingdom. I'm the top dog. And everybody, all you others are underneath me. And that day actually is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue confess. But Jesus' heart and motivation is, I'm not going after that. It's going to happen as a byproduct of my choice to serve, to come and to wash their feet on the evening of his betrayal and crucifixion, um, to give them an example, to, to do a lowly task that servants or slaves typically did, but more importantly, to offer his life on the cross for the sin of the world, for the human race. 
he is saying basically, hey guys, it's not a race for the top. If you want to be great, it's a race for the bottom. Whoever's going to be greatest, be the servant of all. And, and, and I, what I think is also interesting about that, I mean, it's very significant that he flips the script like he does, but what's, what's interesting is that he, does not, he doesn't give him any grief about wanting to be great. I think there's something that's built into us as human beings um, that, that we want our lives to matter. We want to have significance. Now, we sometimes get that twisted and convoluted, and we define that in ways that are not helpful or healthy or you know, certainly not biblical and in ways that maybe play to our ego. But, but hardwired in us is we want to feel secure. We want to know that you know, the sky's not going to fall and the ground's not going to open up and swallow me, and I, you know, that, that my, my life is secure emotionally and financially, relationally, all that stuff, spiritually, of course, ultimately. But we also want to know that our, our life is significant, that it, it matters. Like if I'm gone, the, the world will miss me. The, there'll be a hole left that, that my being here makes a difference in the world. I think that's, that's hardwired into us. And I think what Jesus is doing is he's saying, hey, I know, I know human beings because I created the human race. I know how you're hardwired. So take that desire, that drive to be significant and channel it in the way that I've modeled for you. Be the servant of all. Yeah, it's, it's proud. Yeah, this is the area where, you know, my mind wanders. It's, it's, is it part of the image of God in us? And then the, the, the distortion of it is the, well, I want to be God, you know, to be, to have significance and greatness and to be known. You know what I mean? The healthy understanding is there's a God of the universe who says you're you're privileged, but it's undeserved privilege because of grace. That you, the the scriptures talk about us ruling and reigning with Christ. Again, I don't know what that means, but it sounds awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the unhealthy version of that becomes pride and arrogance and like look at me now and make life about me, yep. which is the opposite of what Jesus is doing in this moment and such a great leadership moment where he's leading his guys. We don't know if this is the whole conversation, but it seems like it's pretty quick. It goes, here's the purpose of who we are and here's where we're headed and here's the direction, which stops all all of the arguing and bickering. What did he say? And then how did they go? And then why did they? And you just have, you can have so much sideways energy if you don't have a clear vision mm. and a clear picture of this is our purpose. We're here to serve. We're here to think about others. And I am leading the way. It's not like I'm just telling you to do something. Just just watch because I've done this. I'm mm. doing it and I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to serve everybody. Um, Jesus died for everybody. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still lost and couldn't do anything for ourselves, while we were clueless, he gave his life. Like, he, he didn't just talk about it, and he gave them that purpose and that to, to solve the conflict and the indignation. What's that word I'm looking for? Indignation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it got stuck in there. But it's just it's a great moment where it's, just, like, it's powerful when there's, there's a clear purpose for people. And it's just the counterintuitiveness of Jesus is amazing. And like they're expecting something different, right? They've been prophesied this king. They're under such oppression. And so the whole time I think they're following Jesus. They're like, when are we going to overthrow the government? When are we going to take on these people and show them who's boss? Because if you are the son of God, why wouldn't we just go and tell everybody, hey, you're done. Like new kingdom to them. I don't, didn't register spiritual kingdom and world changing, it was like, 
let's fix our now. Like this is hard. And let's oppressive. get rid of those Romans. Yeah, yeah. Let's they're just, oppressing let's, us. Let's let's get rid of them because they're jerks and they're evil and they're in the wrong. Let's just get rid of them. And Jesus is like, that's that's not how we do it. We don't come in and take over. We serve them. We love them. We care for them. And we're doing everything different than they even think, than even the religious people, you know. And he takes the story, the the parable where he takes the Pharisee and the tax collector and how they both pray. And this one prays like Pharisee. He takes the, as perceived in the culture, he takes the one that is perceived as closest to God. And he takes the one that is perceived as furthest from God, tax collector. And he says, this guy prays. I'm glad I'm not like this guy. I'm glad I'm high and mighty. Just like he says, right? He says to his disciples, this isn't how we're going to be. Our culture, our kingdom, my kingdom, this isn't it, right? So this is how he prays. This guy, I'm great. I'm glad I'm not like that dude. And then Jesus says, this guy prays with authenticity, humbleness, and a heart that says, ah, that's what it's going to be. And he, he says, that guy is closer to God. And he yep. completely flips it. Yep. And it's like, that's how you get close to God is you become humble, you become honest, and you become a servant to everybody else. And there, they're just like. There's a verse that's coming to mind as you're talking, Ben. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and yeah. he will exalt you at the proper time. Yeah. He'll lift you up. I mean, when, when it's right and healthy and, and is good for you and honoring to God, he'll, he'll do that. That's the byproduct of you humbling yourself and submitting yourself under the mighty hand of God. James says he opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace, gives to, grace the to the humble. Yeah, you know. over and over, lots of verses like that. So as we align ourselves with Jesus and follow him and begin to or continue to serve one another as Jesus served and gave his life. Um, I'll ask you a question here, then I'll give you some time. I'll answer it first. But what, what do you say to folks who um, are either getting started with really serving in the kingdom of God or maybe are struggling with continue to serving in the kingdom of God? How do you help them? How do you encourage them in, in the serving realm? And um, I'll answer first just because give you guys a little more time to think about that. But one of the things I think about is it's a little countercultural, but we, we truly serving truly gets us out of thinking of ourselves so much. And our culture is designed for me and my entertainment and my enjoyment and my convenience and what I can get out of it. And we kind of put that overarcher fun. Is it fun? Because I want to do fun things. Fun things are what I like to do, when I like to do them, how I like to do them. I want to be entertained. I want to consume. And it needs to be fun. And so then Jesus is like, well, if you want to be first, be last. Our life's not about us. We were made by God, exist by his power for his glory. Well, that doesn't sound fun. That's not. Is that fun? Is that for me? And it, and it can sound like a six-year-old, and it can sound like a 43-year-old too, like, or 83-year-old where you're getting over ourselves. But then too far on that is like, well, okay, following Jesus is boring or horrible or not fun. And that's, I think, too far. And so following Jesus is about other people, and it's some of the most fun you can have when you begin to reorientate your life away from you as the center and you think about loving God and loving people, and you can have a ton of fun, but it's going to maybe feel different or look different or your experience afterwards is a soul satisfaction that can only come through serving, where you help someone, and it's not so much, what did I get out of it, and is it you know, consumer-minded uh, versus a, being a contributor? Yeah. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time or a little bit of rewiring and going, mm -hmm. no, but that is fun. But it's maybe a newer 
understanding of fun yeah. or what is healthy and helpful in life. Good and I just think for some folks, they just go, I just, it's kind of hard or it's kind of work or I had to like think about others and that maturing, growing process, which I'm still doing all the time. I'm not speaking from a spot of nailed it. Um, but just knowing like, yeah, no serving. Yeah. Helping other people like succeed and see them grow. And I don't need all the accolades and I don't need all the recognition and I don't need all the, uh, the way to goes and, uh, look what I got out of it and, and prop myself up, but helping other people and serving them and yeah. their needs. How do you help people with all of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question, Scott. And you had a great answer to that. Um, I think one other thing that helps people is to remember that um, that that our motivation to serve is often a mixed bag, and we just need to be honest with ourselves about that. Sometimes we serve because it makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel so good about myself because I helped that guy or that person or that group. And yeah, you're just doing the right thing. You or you're like, I'm following Jesus. I'm just going to do this because this is. This is me doing the right thing, following Jesus. Right, and and so so at the end of the day, I mean, the, the bottom line is for us as Christ followers is that our ultimate objective, the ultimate um, reason why we do what we do and live the way we live, is for the glory of God. Now that's lofty and ambitious, and we aim at that. But the reality is, we do what we do, even in following Christ, we do it for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do it so that we can have something to brag about later, or sometimes we do it so we have a story to tell, or sometimes we do it because it makes us feel better about ourselves. More we can be honest with ourselves about those things and, and shift away intentionally, prayerfully, with God's help, shift away from those motivations to, hey, I want them to have a better life. I want them to feel better about themselves when I get done. I want them to succeed. And if I can help them along the way, great. And then go beyond that to, hey, if this glorifies God, then I want to do this. If this serving in this way advances the kingdom, I want to do this. If So we, we, I think it starts with honesty. It's like, okay, part of the reason I do this is because I feel better about me. Yeah. And then, and then intentionally, prayerfully move away from that. Yeah, that's good. No, none of us are going to have a 100% pure motive. Never, and, and never have I. Yeah, and it's good to have that honesty. I, I would say... <clears throat> Help somebody else go to the next level or help somebody else get their dream or help somebody else accomplish what they, they want to accomplish. I think for so many years, I wanted to be in leadership at our church. We wanted to start a church or wanted to take the next level. And so I had to spend 10 years of helping somebody else achieve what they wanted to achieve. And not that I was serving you know, Craig's vision or even your vision or anything like that, but I think the moment you step out of yourself and say, that guy down the road, I know his dream, or I'm going to help him get a, the next step. Or, like, there's a guy at our church who is working on wanting to be some kind of YouTuber. You know, well, I know a little bit about audio, and so I can maybe help him. Like, just not out of um, trying to lift me up, but I can help him take a couple steps. Or there's a guy who doesn't know a lot about websites. I'm like, well, I can do a little bit. Like, I don't know much, but I can help you. I'm going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. And fulfill my destiny with that. And I think as you show up for somebody else, God just is like, okay, I can show up for you now, you know? And, and, so. and then, and then um, in, mixed in all of this are the promises of Jesus with regard to, like he, uh, when he had conversations with the disciples, the one with Peter, for instance, uh, we've done all this, we've given up all these things, we've served you all these years. And he, Jesus says, 
if you've sacrificed those things, it's going to be returned back to you. Mm-hmm. Houses and mothers and brothers in this life and blessings in the kingdom to come. Um, Luke chapter 6, give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. And that's the context there is when you give forgiveness, if you give uh, kindness, if you, it's not just money, although it does apply to that. But, but the whole principle of the kingdom is if you make others the focus, if you make the kingdom of God and the glory of God the focus and give of yourself to those things, Jesus says, hey, I'm promising you, it'll come back to you. I'll take care of you. You'll feel good about yourself. Your needs will be met. You'll, you know, I, I know what you would, would need and want, legitimately want, if you pursued it for yourself. So don't do that. Do this instead. Serve the kingdom. Serve others. I'll take care of that. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. And I, I look back on my now 50-plus years uh, as a Christ follower and realize um, so many things that I've had as blessings in my life people and circumstances and opportunities and material things, um, they all came, they, they, they came as the, all of them came as the blessing and provision of the Lord, but many of them came when I wasn't even looking for them. I was, I was focused on what was in front of me, what Jesus had for me to do, and those things just kind of snuck up on me in, in certain ways. I could give examples, we don't have time in the podcast, yeah. but it really, it really is true. When Jesus promises those things, he, he keeps his promise. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Yep. And uh, I guess the only other thing I would add is just serve people in the way that God has built you. Yeah. And it's super rewarding. It's super fun because it's how you're hardwired. It's your, it's your part in the body of Christ to contribute in that way. Like you were saying, I can help in this way and this way. And yeah. Doing the things that, that you're built for, you go, oh, this is kind of fun. Back to my, I'm counter-arguing myself with the, is it fun? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's. It gives you like a sense of purpose. Yep. Deeper and significance going, oh, I think I think this is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you follow the Holy Spirit's leading in, in your life every day, and you go, oh, this is God leading. He op- created this opportunity, and, and he'll provide, and he takes care of it. And so, Especially if you have a need. If you're in need, that's the best time to sow your need. To get all preacher on you. Your need can become a seed in somebody else's life, and it'll help. Return back to you. Yeah. Yep. Need is a seed. Okay. Well, that sounds like a different episode. We'll have to and if you take <laughs> your need and don't make it a seed, okay. it turns to a weed. Okay. Yeah, oh, gosh. All right. Oh, we should have uh, ended the podcast. And interrupts all your good deeds. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you got something good out of the podcast today. Uh, if you're listening still, good on you. And then you could you could quote us back our little rhyme later. Yep. That, that's a little nugget for it. those that listen all the way till the end. Scott will give you a free Tootsie Roll if you give him the... Ben will, ben will buy you a coffee. So it'll be great. Uh, but anyways, have a great week following Jesus. Look for an opportunity to serve someone in your sweet spot today and follow the Spirit's leading on that. We hope you have a great week following Jesus. We'll talk with you real soon.